0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is April 22nd. Today, we're going to continue in Doctrine and Covenants 42 by talking a little bit about the law that the Lord promised he would give the saints when they got to Ohio. Now, it's interesting because before the Lord gets to this new law or this law of consecration, he's going to explain and talk about different laws that he's given, different commandments that have been given. But then he says, Thou knowest my laws concerning these things are given in my scriptures. He that sinneth and repenteth not shall be cast out. So essentially he's saying, look, you know these laws. They've been given in my scriptures. You know them. And if you break them, you need to repent. But then he goes on and says, If thou lovest me, thou shalt serve me and keep all my commandments. Now we can best serve the Lord by serving his children. And as we keep his commandments, we're showing our love to him. And so with that said, he's about to give the saints a new commandment, a new law. Starting in verse 30, he says, And behold, thou wilt remember the poor, and consecrate of thy properties for their support, that which thou hast to impart unto them, with a covenant and a deed which cannot be broken. And inasmuch as ye impart of your substance unto the poor, ye will do it unto me." And they shall be laid before the bishop of my church and his counselors, two of the elders or high priests, such as he shall appoint or has appointed and set apart for that purpose. And then in verse 34, he refers to that which we give the bishop as the storehouse. Now, something that I think is really important that we recognize is the difference between the united order and the law of consecration. In the law of consecration, we promise to give all that we have. Our time, talents, our energies, our service. We promise to give it all. In the law of the United Order, it's much more centered around money and property and things like that. And in that sense, we don't currently live the law of the United Order. However, we do still to this day live the law of consecration. We covenant to live the law of consecration. And so I think it's important that we really understand what exactly that means and what it entails. Oftentimes it can feel super overwhelming to feel like we've covenanted to just give up everything and to give everything. But the law of consecration is actually a lot simpler than I think we often make it out to be in our own heads. Simply put, the law of consecration is seeing a need, recognizing your ability to fill that need and then doing it. For example, if I'm walking down the hall of the church, there's some garbage on the ground, I see a need. The need is to pick up that piece of garbage. I have the ability to bend down, to pick it up, and to throw it away. So I do that. I fill that need. That is the law of consecration. Oftentimes we don't think of the law of consecration as being something so simple. But truly it can be. Elder Uchtdorf once said, even the smallest act of discipleship or the tiniest ember of belief can become a blazing bonfire of a consecrated life. Now, to be fair, that example of a piece of garbage on the floor is a very simplified idea of what the law of consecration is. But consecration is found both in the small deeds and in the large ones. We see needs, we recognize our ability to fill a need, and then we act. Elder Christofferson once said, to consecrate is to set apart or dedicate something as sacred, devoted to holy purposes. And so we live the law of consecration as we set apart or dedicate ourselves to a higher or holier purpose. In that sense, I think it's important that we understand what the bishop's storehouse really is. Oftentimes when we refer to the bishop's storehouse, we're talking about a grocery store where people can go who are in need and can shop and can get their physical needs met. And yes, that is the bishop's storehouse, but I think we need to understand that the bishop's storehouse goes much further than that. As we, as consecrated members of the church, enter into a ward, we ourselves become part of the bishop's storehouse. It's the bishop's job to make sure that needs are met, and we in and of ourselves can fill those needs For example, if I were to go into a ward and I had the talent of playing the piano, I don't by the way, much to my mother's chagrin and much to my regret, but if I did have that need of playing the piano, that talent would then be part of the bishop's storehouse and that talent could then be called upon to fill a need in the ward. That talent is then part of the bishop's storehouse. When we consecrate our time and our talents, that includes what we are able to give to the ward or to the bishop in our callings. The word consecration means to set apart, dedicate, or devote to the service and worship of God, which makes sense because part of consecration is a sacrifice. And if you'll remember, the word sacrifice, its Latin roots, means to make holy. So as we sacrifice, whether it's something small like our time and effort in picking up a piece of garbage, or whether it's something huge like dedicating so much time and mental exertion to be a bishop or a Relief Society president. Either way, that sacrifice is making you holy, and by so doing, consecrates us, sets us apart, dedicates or devotes us to the service and worship of God. Just think in ancient days, the children of Israel were made holy By offering a sacrifice upon the holy altar. But now that's not the sacrifice that's asked of us anymore. Now we offer up a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And part of that is we offer up ourselves. We consecrate ourselves and give what we can to fill the needs of others. When I think of true consecration, oftentimes I think of the story of the loaves and the fishes. In the book of John, chapter 6, verse 9... We know that the disciples and Christ were gathered together to teach a large group of people. The Savior wanted to feed the people. And in verse 9, it says, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I often think about that boy. I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the story behind this boy, but we don't know his full story. Maybe he was given the last of the money that his family had to run to the market and buy food and was returning home with five loaves and two fishes, and yet was asked to give it all. I think sometimes when we're asked to consecrate our time and our efforts, we can feel like that. We can feel like we don't have much left to be able to give after our professional lives, after our family lives, after our social lives or our academic lives. Maybe we feel like we don't have much left to give. Maybe we feel, like the disciples said here, what are they among so many? But my friends, let us remember the miracle that followed. As he gave all he could, the Lord took that sacrifice, that consecration, and he multiplied it. And he not only made it enough, but he made it more than enough. My friends, I testify when each and every one of us truly consecrate ourselves, our time, and our efforts. They may not feel like much, but I testify that the Lord can take our efforts. He can take our sacrifices, and he can make them more than enough. And as we all give to the bishop's storehouse, our time and our talents and our efforts, the kingdom of God goes forward as we consecrate our efforts. And through those efforts,